0: Chapter sixteen of two sides to every question by maud jean frank. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Kirsty. Chapter sixteen. Farewell to Clement House. It seemed to Arthur as he sat leaning his elbows on his desk with his face buried in his hands that hot summer morning that the whole world was against him. On every side, the gorgon eye through which looks no heart stared him in the face far away from the home round which clustered all sweet memories and loving affections he felt none for he was beyond their influence the ocean lay between him and them and what had he gained by his exile the apples of sodom so fair to view were proving but ashes to him as they always will prove wealth to him was but an ignis fatuous leading to danger and destruction and love what was he likely to gain by that was there the remotest chance for him in that enterprise without wealth could he win and woo his fair cousin to share his poverty would she consent to be won the bare idea of her refusal was very bitter to him she was coming home ah truly but what would that homecoming bring for him a nameless dread sat like an incubus on his heart and numbed his faculties he might have been alone in the office for notice he took of those around him At the other desks the sound of the scratching of pens went on, and the subdued murmur of voices. It was hot, too hot for either bustle or noise, yet amid the blaze of the sun a slight breeze was coming in from the sea, making its glare more endurable and the shade delightful. The breeze came in at the door and gently swayed to and fro the long office blinds. It lifted the dark hair from Arthur Delta's brow, as he sat with his hands thrust through it and his bowed face between them perhaps the soft touch of the breeze revived him for he presently raised his head and sat upright no use to give up altogether in that way he must hold out for a time at any rate and the long lane might have a turning yet even for him who could tell at any rate there were present necessities to be attended to entirely independent of his cousin elsie and her homecoming. he had in some way or other to clear himself with his tenant-house landlady and to procure another place of residence he glanced towards the next desk tom alton's fair head was bending closely over his work he was diligently writing out long invoices but not so diligently that he could not observe and sympathise with the bowed head in his neighbourhood his own recent escapade had made him familiar with the signs of like suffering and anxiety he only wished that he dared offer the same advice he had received as that was not to be thought of he had to content himself with his silent sympathy and the scratching of his pen tom alton with the incubus removed from his mind had regained all his boyish elasticity he was looking bright and well notwithstanding the heat very well indeed he looked in his cool summer suit and blue necktie that summer morning blue and white accorded with his fair curly hair and blue eyes the last few months he had grown rapidly as most of our colonial youths do springing up into young manhood almost before they have taken leave of childish days and employments so rapidly indeed had he grown that he was already only an inch or two below arthur delta in stature and his breadth of shoulder gave abundant promise for the future so delta thought as he looked at the occupant of the adjacent desk and mentally noted him a very fine young fellow but these thoughts were mere passing ones he was revolving another question in his mind was he likely to obtain the boarding accommodation he needed with tom's mother or had she given up the idea altogether or more unfortunately still was another occupying the place he hoped to take himself alton he said presently you spoke some time ago of your mother being willing to take a boarder. i suppose the place is not vacant now yes mr delta it is said tom looking up eagerly and letting his pen fall in his excitement to the utter destruction of the invoice he was writing we were in no hurry he presently added indeed we have only just got the room furnished it is quite ready now and i am looking out for another boarding-place said arthur quietly the fact is my landlady has come into some money and is breaking up her establishment and going home you know our place mr delta said tom colouring to the roots of his fair hair it's not very large but if you don't mind that it is not uncomfortable and there's a nice garden it was a mild negative view of the case for really tom was beginning to think their cottage home a perfect bijou of a dwelling and could see no sufficient reason why others should not think the same i know the place very well said delta gravely i have no doubt it would suit me in every respect if your mother is willing to receive me and if he continued with a smile of contempt for his poverty the terms are proportionate to the means i don't think you will find them too high mr Delta." and of course you will like to see the rooms and hear what mother's arrangements are said tom eagerly i am sure you will come easily enough to terms no fear of that not much fear on my part alton i am not very difficult to please said arthur smiling faintly and resuming his pen i know the house and the distance so that matter is settled i will contrive to walk out with you this evening and conclude the bargain it had become a matter of absolute necessity that he should make an immediate move and the Delaneys were not at all backward in showing their wishes on the subject clement house so lately with its shrouded windows and hushed voices the scene of death was now all life and commotion orderly arrangement and comfortable provision were more than ever out of the question the needle was dominant now and the dressmaker alone worthy of consideration indeed we are sorry entirely to hurry you gentlemen said the widow in her most coaxing tones but you see how hurried we are ourselves we cannot attend to your comfort as we ought or as we would it's a long voyage we have before us and in our circumstances we must make ample preparation for it so if you will please to provide yourself with other homes you will greatly oblige so of course it had to be done macpherson and holt reluctantly complied and removed at once with their belongings out of the way of the dressmaking stipulating only to be allowed the privilege of calling upon the ladies and rendering them any assistance they might require a privilege they were very willing to grant and by no means slow in taking advantage of delta alone remained behind though he had made a first move in the way of providing it was not that he had any reason to regret the home that he was leaving there were no pleasant memories connected with it no ties to sever not even any kind of attraction to deplore certainly no luxuries or even common comforts to regret and yet the mere fact of going in and out for months in having turned the key on himself night after night in the door of the one little room he could call his own hot and stifling as that room had often proved to be invested it with somewhat of sanctity it was essentially his while he paid for it and he had become so accustomed to everything there even to its very bareness the thought of a new room new regulations and new faces however far they might exceed in agreeableness and comfort to those which he had become habituated in his present morbid state of mind and feverish condition of health was not a pleasant anticipation but it was not those feelings that made him undecided and dilatory in action it was the lack of funds to clear himself "'and the determination to leave no debt behind him "'when he removed his chattels to other quarters. "'No need to be so particular to a week or so, Mr. Delta,' "'said the complacent landlady. "'She could afford to be complacent now, "'and was, besides, so fully assured of the integrity of her boarder, "'whatever his present difficulties might be. "'But Delta was not to be deterred from his purpose, "'and having secured another home, "'he had next to provide Mrs. Delaney with her money.' the breeze had gradually freshened towards evening and blew in gusts at all street corners whirling the dust most unpleasantly in the eyes of all the home returning pedestrians it was positively chilly and tom alton shivered in his light summer clothing as he walked rapidly along side by side with arthur delta on his homeward road the feverish current in delta's veins rendered even the pleasant change scarcely perceptible he would gladly have made all needful arrangements with tom had that been possible he cared so little for anything now his depression of spirits was so great the coming home of his cousin for which he had so longed only seemed to deepen his gloom why he scarcely knew excepting he was no nearer the wealth that was to win her rather farther off than ever for he was in debt so tom had a very silent companion on his way home and his mother and sister though they were pleased with the gentlemanly and quiet politeness of delta's manners were startled by the tokens of depression and illness that were visible in his countenance his extreme paleness but more still by the languid indifference with which he treated every arrangement for his comfort i am sadly afraid tom that mr delta is going to be ill if he is not ill already said mrs alton gravely after arthur had left them with the understanding that he would take possession of his pretty little room and become an inmate of their home on the morrow ah he's worried mother that's all said tom he will be all right shortly i am sure he will be twenty per cent better in our pleasant home and with your good cooking than he could ever be with those delanies i've heard a little of the sort of house and table they keep from a fellow that used to board there i do think he's ill nevertheless tom said nettie as she followed her brother into the garden but maybe as you say different treatment and different cooking may help him to recover We will do our best at any rate poor fellow it must be hard to be ill and homeless and those relations of his do not seem very fond of him can't you guess the reason of that said tom knowingly do you think mr clinton wants to give his daughter to a poor man even though he was twenty times her cousin perhaps the relationship makes the matter worse said nettie well that fact may account for a great deal of the depression if not all nettie could sympathise in such displeasure very deeply if not on her own account she could feel for others arthur delta drank a solitary cup of tea that evening without any accompaniment for his appetite rebelled against any food it was the last he was to take at the delaney's board i shall be able to give up my room and settle up accounts with you to-morrow morning mrs delaney he said on rising from the table but he went upstairs with the question still unsettled as to how the latter arrangement was to be accomplished End of chapter 16